everyone. It's Marlena Taylor here, Edu Gladiators, and I am super, super excited to not only have the rural ed guru, Daisy Dyer-Durr, <laughs> <laughs> to lead our chat today, but we actually have her after the chat, and you can ask her your questions. We're going to hear from her and her answers on the questions that she created for today's chat. So, uh, Daisy, tell everyone hello. Hi, everyone. I'm really Hi, I'm excited really to be excited here. To be Awesome to have you guys awesome on the chat to today. Have you guys on the chat today. Amazing answers. I loved learning from you guys today. Awesome, awesome. And if you hear some noise behind me, um, today we were talking about professional learning development. And so, in my district in Murray County, we have our partners, Discovery Education, and they're doing a day of discovery here. And our teachers are having a lot of voice and choice, and also leading some awesome professional development. That's Kelly. <laughs> Kelly Haas right here, one of my good friends from Discovery. So I love that today's topic was all about professional development. So uh, if you are listening in live, feel free to go to our chat window. I have it open so we can see that. And you can post any questions that you might have for Daisy and she'll answer them. How about that? That sounds great. I'm excited to answer anything you guys have. That's awesome. Well, Daisy, before we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself because everyone, which I can't believe everyone does not know about you, but I'm sure there <laughs> might be one or two people in the far corners that may not know about you. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm from rural Arkansas and I have been an educator for 17 years and most recently I was a turnaround principal in a very isolated rural district and we were lucky enough to come from a very negative space to a really positive space in a short amount of time. And we were featured on Digital Learning Day Live in 2015. And I was really excited and honored to have done some amazing things with our community and our teachers and our parents. And it all centered around using technology in a real isolated place in relationships. So I'm a real advocate for doing amazing things in rural spaces. And a lot of it centers around great professional learning and incorporating things with your community and your teachers and your students as well. Absolutely. We are two peas in a pod here. Uh, <laughs> because I'm here in Murray County and it, it is a rural county outside of Nashville. And so uh, I feel the same way. And that's why we're so excited to have like today with our discovery education partners here uh, to help us continue to um, provide great opportunities for our kids with technology to see outside of their world and see what all is there. Uh, and then to have our teachers here today for all day professional development on a Saturday that they have chosen to come. is just, it's just amazing. So the, the stars couldn't have aligned any better today for me, Daisy. Absolutely. And isn't it awesome that the culture in education has changed so much just in probably the last five years? Because I would say five years ago, we would have never seen the education establishment, so to speak, where educators would be meeting together on a Saturday and usually not being paid and just getting together and talking about all these different things in education and sharing information so freely and just being willing to teach each other all these things that are ultimately benefiting all their students and their communities. I just, it's amazing to me all the great things educators are doing today. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to jump right in. I loved all your questions and 
I would love to just hear from you uh, from an answer for your first question. And again, guys, if you're watching live right now, drop in your question in the live chat and I'll ask Daisy and we'll get her, her thoughts on your question, her expertise, and, and just have a fun time together. So Daisy, how do you select, how do you go about selecting your professional learning experiences? Are, are what's, what are some ways that we can share with teachers and leaders to help them select their professional learning experience? Well, in the chat, I felt like there were some really great answers on this one. And one of the things that I always think about and um, I think is probably the most important is focusing on, you know, how is it going to impact your students? How is it going to impact student learning? And I would add to that, how is it going to impact, you know, this, not only the students, but also the other teachers in your building, the the actual culture of your building, you know, what are you going to be bringing back? Because as a rural educator, we usually couldn't um, spend the money to send everyone in the building to something. So we would usually be able to send one person maybe. And there was their responsibility to bring that back to everyone. So how is that going to be something that would translate to not only that one classroom, but would it translate to all the other classrooms? And would it benefit all of our kids? And would it benefit and translate into the families in our district and the businesses in our district, you know, how could we get the most bang for our buck is really what I'm thinking in the, in terms of that. So I think you really have to think about, you know, first, it can't just be something that, oh, that looks like something neat I'd like I'd like to go to because I like that speaker. You can't, right. you can't do that, which is so hard because there's tons of people I just want to go listen to because I just love them. But about relevant to what the improvement in our school is. I don't need to go speak to listen to somebody about literacy if those are we're off the charts in literacy when we're struggling in math. I need to go listen to somebody that's talking to about improving math scores and improving overall overall things. And I think that that's something that's really important to focus on. Do you, what role do you see like self-reflection in that process of selecting? We had, I know I saw an answer from mm -hmm. uh, someone from Nashville um, that talked about, she said that she self-reflected about what her personal strengths and weaknesses were. I think that's so key. I, I believe that you really have to look at yourself and see, okay, now, what am I struggling with or what what do I really feel like I need help in and maybe even be willing to, you know, have those critical conversations with your teammates and other people and make sure that you have people that are actually watching you teach that'll be honest with you and tell you, you know, what are you doing well? Or as an administrator, you have to really have other administrators or your teachers. And I was the only administrator in my building, so I had to have honest conversations with teachers and teachers leaders that didn't mind telling me, hey, Daisy, that wasn't a good move. <laughs> you know, you need to work on this. Right. And, and I was always really open to those conversations. And so you have to know, okay, so there's an area I need to work on and be honest with yourself and say, okay, I'm going to reflect on that. And then I need to go get growth in that area. Or, and it might just be reaching out to somebody. For example, I did a lot of my learning on Twitter and I would reach out to people that I knew were really strong in that area. And that's how I built some really great relationships. And that's how I was able to really grow was to be able to reach out to people that I wasn't as strong in that area. And they helped me become stronger in those areas. I love that answer. And 
Daisy, actually, you know, just to be completely transparent, that's one of the reasons why I started following you because even though um, <laughs> my experience is very much urban and even here in Nashville uh, in the suburbs, you know, coming back to Murray County and, and in this capacity um, in a central office position, I really wanted to build my tool belt of, you know, educating, supporting our teachers and our leaders that are in a more rural setting. And I reached out and like, who is the person that I need to talk to? And everybody was like, Daisy. Like you have, to, you have to talk to Daisy, you know, <laughs> thank so, you so much. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And then just being able to reach out to you and you were so kind, like, yes, I would love to be on Edge Gladiators and to answer yeah. questions. I think people think like, um, when you, when you have a strong social media presence or when you are speaking in different places that, uh, if you're just a teacher or you're just a principal and you don't have that same, uh, social media presence that, you won't have a response. And that's so untrue. You know, you just reach absolutely. out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, love it when people reach out to me and ask me questions or want to know something that's happened because honestly, I probably learn more from their situations than I would in months on my own because it's great to have those situational talks with them or talk to them about, Hey, why don't you try this? And then we follow up. I've, I've made lifelong friendships with people through that. And so if anyone ever has questions or thinks that I might be able to help them in any way, even if they end up talking to me and I can help them, it'll probably, <laughs> I would love for them to talk to me because that really does benefit me and benefits the things that I do as an advocate for rural education more than people ever understand. So I, I enjoy those conversations. Absolutely. Well, I've learned so much today. I have a question. I have a question in our live chat. Um, and you touched on it a little bit when, when we first started speaking. Sarah Hart is asking, how do you choose the person you're sending to a PD opportunity? Okay, and this is a difficult one because I think as an administrator, I was always really big on building teacher leadership. And actually, I was honored because Perennial Rip had me actually write about this in her Passionate Leaders book because she loved the way that I kind of worked on building teacher leaders. And to be honest, the reason that I had I did was out of necessity because I was the only administrator in the building. But I feel like that you have to be really careful how you work to build teacher leaders because often teacher leaders are the ones that you know jump up and say I want to be the leader I want to be the leader but I think you have to cultivate from all areas you have to find that quiet leader or that person that you see that's doing a really good job and you have to say hey you know I think you'd be really good at this I'm interested in sending you to this would you be interested and if they're not interested you still kind of give them that gentle nudge so I think that you have to be really careful not to always send the same people and you mm -hmm. have to be really careful that you find the people that actually need help in that area and give them expectations of okay when you come back then we're going to sit down we're going to talk about it then you're going to do a presentation about it to this group and I think I think oftentimes in education, administrators or, you know, groups, they get so bogged down with things. They're like, oh, we'll just send Miss, Miss Jones because she always goes. And that's the worst thing we can possibly do. We need to spread the love on, on what we're doing. And we need to make sure that we're always cultivating leaders from all different areas. Because some of my best teacher leaders were some of my quietest teachers. And then when I challenged them to be become leaders, they blew me away. 
And I think that that's something that as administrators, we have to grow in that area. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, sometimes as a principal, I would also send um, some of my teachers that might have pushed back on the why we were doing mm-hmm. certain things. Because some people look at that as, oh, well, they're just not trying to be collaborative or they're just trying to be difficult. No, I love when people say, like, Marlena, why are we doing this? Or I don't agree. And they could talk to me about it because a lot of times that sharpens our vision and help us make course corrections if we need to. But I would oftentimes send, I would send those teachers as well so we can, I can have two perspectives on it. So if we're going to start a new initiative, you know, I, you need that um, devil's advocate. I agree. I think that it's important that especially the ones that are genuinely like they aren't just like the griper or the person that, you know, no matter what you say, they're always negative. They just have a genuine. Why? Why would we do that? And they need to hear it from somebody besides you. They need to hear it from an expert on that particular area and they'll come back either with evidence of why they don't agree with it or they'll come back saying hey you know that is a good idea and let me show you why and they can tell everybody else that doesn't understand it why and sometimes they're the best ones to explain it and if you get them on board then all the other yeah like okay (laughs) and yes and they're trying it then you know we obviously need to as well (laughs) exactly All right, so we have another question. I'm really excited today. Edge of Gladiators, uh, I think we were international today. We had lots of our friends from Canada. We had Noah from Israel. Um, I know. (laughs) That was awesome. So Charles Martin from Canada uh, dropped a question in our live chat. He says, in terms of being motivated to learn and grow, teachers are often on a different continuum. How do you motivate those that might be a little complacent about their profession? And as a follow-up, Mike Messner said, and what, what do you do when members of your team don't follow up on, on agreements that, that, you've, uh, that you've agreed on following a PD experience? So two right. questions. Yeah. Okay, How do you so motivate tr- those that might be complacent? And then what do you do to follow up if some of your team members don't do what they what you've all agreed to do after the PD. Okay, Charles and Mike coming with the hard questions. Um, <laughs> so I would say first motivating. I think that that all comes from personal relationships, and I don't care how big your school is. If you don't have time to have a personal relationship with your educators, you're not going to be a very good administrator. That's the bottom line. If if you don't have time, then just don't be an administrator because <laughs> if if you want to build a really good school, you have to make the time. So if someone isn't being complacent, if they're, if they're not wanting to get on board, if they're just not motivated, you have to figure out why. And then you have to find, address that reason because you probably hired them or they've been there and you've been evaluating them and you've been dealing with them for quite a while or you're new to the area and you need to figure it out. So I think that you have to figure out why it is, the why, and then address that. And usually there is an underlying why and 90% of the time it doesn't have anything to do with school. And so I think that that's really important. And usually if you just show that you care, that turns around 100% because usually it's not about school. And they, if you readdress that, hey, you're here for a reason, these kids need you, and this is something that's going to help those kids, 
99% of teachers want to do their very best and they want to make a difference with kids. And so I think that it's about instead of just saying, oh, they don't care and moving on, I think we just have to really address it with relationships. And oh. then to, yeah, and then to follow up with the what if they don't up on things that you've agreed on? Well, that's just something you can't allow to happen. I mean, that's simply something that you can't allow to happen. If they don't follow up on something that you've agreed on, then obviously you're not following up. Because I, I, if I ask somebody to go to a professional development and they're coming back and part of the deal is they're going to share, then and I'm going to be there and they're going to share. And if they haven't shared, then I'm going to say, okay, we're going to share. And then I'm going to be in the meeting when they share. And when they, if they're not prepared to share, then mm, that's going to be really a problem. And we're going to have to address it from that point forward. So I think, I think that it's about building a culture of, you know, holding each other accountable. And I think once you get that culture established, it might be rocky in the beginning, but once you get a culture like that established, teachers hold each other accountable so much more than an administrator ever will. Absolutely. Well, it becomes nice. Teacher leaders and teachers among themselves will be so much more, uh, they're so much harder on each other than an administrator ever would be once they get in that culture. Absolutely. And I think they can have conversations. I know when I was teaching, I could have conversations with my coworkers that my principal just couldn't have, you know, because we had built that Absolutely. level of trust. Um, I totally agree with that. Every day in the trenches, every right. day. We're an administrator, you know, they're with a hundred teachers. And so, but those teachers are beside each other working every day so they can have those really tight conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great answer. And oh, and let me, let me also correct. Mike is from California. Uh, sorry. Uh, Mike, okay. I didn't make that, <laughs> that clear. Charles is from Canada and Mike is from California and Mike, this is his first time joining into Edge of Gladiators. So oh, Mike, thanks, Mike. Yeah, hopefully thanks, it won't be your last. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, okay, so I see it today, uh, even at our, our day of discovery here. And you, you had a question about how important is a team, whether it's your grade level team, whether it's your administrative team, how important is it that your team, however that might look, um, you guys kind of align on a PD or experience it or come together to a PD. Yes. And is to me, that's always such a key is that anytime that you can be together, whether it's for a professional development or it's for a dinner or it's for a lunch, I think that that is so important because it actually builds that relationship. But if you're going into something huge, let's say that your school has never done RTI, which shockingly, there are a lot of schools that haven't. And let's say that that's what you're doing. You're going to, you're going to start an RTI system. Then it's pretty rough if you send one teacher and say, okay, come back and we're, you, you get us started on RTI. I think it's really important that, you know, if you're going to build something that you do send a group and that you guys learn it together and you guys are discussing it while you're there or whenever you go to a national conference, 
it's like a ISTE, a model schools or an ASCD or something like that. As an administrator that your staff intentionally that you have there, you intentionally decide where you're going, which things you're going to so you can share them together when you come back. You just don't go and say, OK, I got what you want to. You know, it's yeah. you have to be intentional about what you're doing because there's so much good stuff. It can be overwhelming. And I think being together is what builds culture and it builds it you know whenever you embed it in your professional development i think that that builds it at its core because you, that's about what you're going to be how you're going to be teaching and what you're going to be doing at the learning level and that is so key in building the culture of your school and i i love you know jimmy casas what he always says is you know your vibe attracts your tribe and i love that statement because i think that that is so true you know how you act what you do that is how the people around you are gonna be and I think that that shows up more than anything whenever for example you're taking a state away or maybe you're going three hours away to some type of conference how you act there as a group determines how close you are what you're gonna be like when you get back to your school absolutely absolutely Hey, if you're watching right now at Jig Gladiators, if you're watching our live podcast with Daisy and you haven't had a chance to pop in your question in the live chat, please do so because we are about to wrap up our time with her. Um, but I want to make sure that if you're watching and you have a question or a comment, please pop that in there. Uh, so Daisy, your last question, I thought had some of the best responses I've ever seen. Um, yes. The question was, what makes your... Uh, hold on, make sure I have it correctly. What makes professional learning impactful for educators and how does that translate into improved outcome or student experiences and outcome? Yeah. So what I saw, you tell me what you saw. I saw so many uh, answers that had elements of, I need something I can take back and actually do in my classroom. Mm-hmm. I, I saw lots of what did you see? Yes, I saw lots of that. I saw things that were like something that I'm passionate about, something that I'm excited to take back, something that I feel like I can use day one when I get back, not something that is um, theory or something that I have to, it takes me implement you know, things that they can actually go back and immediately feel like they can put into action and is going to benefit students. And I am 100% with them. I feel like even if it's just one little nugget, that is just one little thing that you can take back and use right away and then build off of. I think that's so important. And whenever I do professional learning or whenever I'm meeting with groups and talking to them, that's one thing that I always really try to emphasize is, you know, we might be talking about a broader, bigger subject, but here's one thing that I want you to do when you go back. And this will be one thing that you can use just right off the get-go and then from that they can build out as much as they want to that we talked about but at least they'll have that one thing to remember that hey you know i spent that day with that gal that has that southern accent but you know she taught me this one thing that's going to be useful for my students and so i think that that's always really important because i've spent many times in great professional learning you know that's 
and all these great things, but it's just so overwhelming. And I end up with stacks of papers and all these different forms I need to use to evaluate things. And I end up getting back to school and I'm like, blah, you know, what, so what do we do now? And we have to have 32 meetings before we can even start anything. And so I think that it's really important, important that teachers feel like they at least have something to start with. And right, that's right. something that I like. You know, one of the things that I would do uh, in my school is that when teachers had, and they didn't have to go to a formal PD, like maybe they learned something off of Twitter or they connected mm -hmm. with another educator. When I would ask them to share back, I think that could be very scary because they're sharing something new with their peers, you know, with the people that they're in their trenches with. So um, what we would do is every PD day, and then even throughout the year, we would have days that we, we would do it on Wednesdays, but every, every PD, district PD day, or even during the faculty meeting, we'd have um, stations. And I would ask two or three teachers to uh, set up stations in their classrooms so they, uh, the rest of their colleagues can go to their rooms and hear and learn about it, but in their classroom, so it's a little bit safer space mm -hmm. for the person presenting, you know? And teachers could choose which one that they wanted to go to. And, uh, and that worked really, really well for, uh, for my school. Um, I, I see Mike also, his last comment, Mike, you're awesome. He said that uh, in his experience, PD works better when it's self-selected than imposed by admin. And Mike wanted to know what your thoughts were on that, Daisy. I 100% agree with you, Mike. I think that giving teachers a selection of things and I think it's really even important to have teachers instead of just giving them a selection of a variety of things ask them to contribute to the selection say okay I need you guys to hey put in here all the different things that you'd love to do for our next professional learning day because sometimes it's hard to just say okay we're gonna do an ed camp today you guys start putting things up there. Well, if teachers aren't used to doing ed camps every day, yeah. then to ask them to all of a sudden, we're going to do a three hour ed camp here in our professional learning. It's like, get the giant eyeballs and the teachers are like, what? You know? So I think it's nice to do like a really scaffolded version of an ed camp for teachers. Just like you were talking about is a great example of what you were saying you were doing. That's basically an ed camp. Exactly. I mean, you're just setting it up for them. And that's a great way to ease teachers into the idea of that self-selected. I love that example. And I've done something similar to that, but I love what you were saying about actually putting them in their own rooms is a great idea. So you know I think that is that sometimes people like in eighth grade had never gone to the sixth grade classroom, you know, <laughs> to talk to that, that grade level teacher. So yeah. we had teachers talking across grades mm -hmm. in a, a more meaningful way. Yes. So, I mean, just having teachers put in there exactly what they wanted. And I guarantee you, which is so funny because I've done this before, but everything that as an administrator, I wanted them to learn about was in that hat, you know, <laughs> I mean, they all, everything they want, I want them to learn about is in there because of course, you know, if I had imposed it, it would be different than me saying, okay, I got these all out of the hat. Here's the list of things. Here's where they're offered. You guys pick the three you want to go to. 
And so then we've got our own scaffolded ed camp that day. The next time we do it a little less scaffolded. The next time you move on from that. But I think any time that you can allow teachers to be empowered and be treated more like a professional, which is exactly by giving them their own choices, then I think that you're giving them absolutely a, a better chance of really enjoying their learning, which is what, I mean, who doesn't want to love their job? And they're more likely to use that information. And I think that's, that's so empowering. And that was one of the answers I think that we got on that question was, if they feel empowered when they leave that learning, then they're going to be so much more likely to use it. Absolutely. And Charles, uh, his uh, last his last, let's see, thought in the live chat, I mean, truly a mic drop here. He shared that um, too often educators feel that PD is an, is an event, like that's the only way you can have it. And he says that he believes that it's an attitude. I, I absolutely. I think that, that that's a really good description, Charles. I think that it is like you should be learning all the time. I love the idea, and I know that this is just a really simple thing, but I know in hack learning, they talked about the pineapple chart and, you know, how you can just go to different classrooms and watch people learn. I think that's one of the simplest yet underutilized ways of learning, just observing your, your fellow educators because there's brilliance going on in yeah. classrooms that we're not sharing. And I think that that's something that we need to do. And that's exactly what Charles is talking about. There's professional learning to be had every single day you walk into your school. Yeah. It's absolutely. just twin to it. That's right. A growth mindset. Absolutely. Like, we have to have a growth mindset <laughs> about our own development, not just student achievement. Absolutely. You're right, Marlena. Well, Daisy, this has been awesome, awesome, awesome. Again, I'm kind of having a fan moment right now. Oh. I've heard, I mean, it's just great. I've heard so much about you and just to talk to you and have you moderate the chat. And you're just as amazing as, as everyone says that you are. And I've learned so much and we'll oh. continue to learn. We'll continue to reach out. Uh, Let's stay know, in touch for sure. <laughs> What about if other people want to reach out to you and stay connected or follow along with what you're doing? Uh, can you share if you're going to be in any upcoming, because it is summer, any upcoming PD, um, PD events or sessions or how can they connect to you on social media? can connect to me at Daisy Dyer Doer. That's on Twitter. And if you guys want to email me, it's super easy. Daisy Dyer Doer at gmail.com. I'll be in several different places this summer, but to be really honest, I have an eight-year-old and a 13-year-old that are both super active with travel baseball, travel basketball. So <laughs> my schedule is pretty crazy this summer trying to stay involved with them. But I'm going to be here and there for professional learning. But I'm always available to everyone. So if they want to connect with me through my email or through Twitter. I also have my Totally Rule podcast, which has been an amazing and exciting thing. And we're going to have a Totally Rule webinar coming up in July. And it's going to be super exciting. That's going to be posted on my website, daisydyerdoer.com. And we're going to have some amazing people from Rural America. And I'm really excited about that. So that's going to be my big event this summer. So 
but I'm looking forward to working with lots of different people and just staying involved in education and everything to do with rural America. That's awesome, Daisy. And for, for my friends, for my gladiators who are in um, urban districts, one of my yes. big aha moments and following the things that Daisy has done, listen to her podcasts, which are incredible, by the way, is there are so many similarities to the oh, challenges yes. <laughs> in urban education and rural education. You know, you're trading high rise our, our cities for, for cornfields, maybe, or our cow yes. fields, but those challenges are very, very similar. So please don't think that, oh, I, I'm, I'm in a no. metropolitan area. I don't know if I can learn. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. And you can learn some, <laughs> some down-home strategies from Daisy uh, that can help you with your city kids. Uh, trust me, because I've been using them. So uh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Marlena. Thank you, Daisy. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, if you're watching live or if you're watching the replay. Uh, again, Edge Gladiators, we chat every Saturday at 10.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and May has been our leadership weekend, and so next week we wrap up for May with uh, staying on target with the very own Impact Matters, Zachary Jeans, so that's going to be amazing. Impact Matters teams up with Edge Gladiators, and it's going to be a great time, so again, thank you, Daisy. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be part of this. Awesome. Thanks everyone for joining in and we will see you next week.